It's the Early Access Podcast, episode 46. It shows Nikki from Stealth Shampoo Cures. Also, it is November 10th, 2020. I think this is the release date of Modern Warfare 2, the worst Call of Duty ever made. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. More than three? I No, no. I, iTunes and Apple Podcasts are the same thing, actually. Apple Podcasts is what they call iTunes nowadays, or, or maybe iTunes is music. I don't know, but find us on those two places because... I'm not syndicating the podcast. Find us on the Apple one. Yeah. And the Spotify You know, one. we have a couple episodes banned on Spotify, and I don't know why. I don't remember what we talk about episode to episode, but sometimes it can be pretty gruesome or weird. And I think Spotify caught me for a couple words. But I know I know Apple Podcasts. They, they don't care. Or maybe they don't have as strong of a filter. So I think we have the more complete catalog over there. All right, first off, uh, I'm going to talk about something that it this literally took up my entire Saturday, and uh, it revolves around Pokemon cards. For those of you who absolutely don't follow me for Pokemon cards, which is actually not most of you, I think a lot of people follow me for Pokemon, but some people only follow me for VR and stuff like that. You're gonna understand what I'm saying. Um, you're gonna understand what I'm saying rather. So uh, basically, I ordered something from this card shop. It was fifty dollars, right? It was a Champions Path Elite Trainer box. You don't need to remember that. You got to remember it's fifty dollars, right? I did this back over the summer, I think in August, and it was supposed to come out in September. And when I asked, like, yo, where's my stuff? They said, hey, we got really cut short on allocation. Supply is really hard. And so we're going to get you during the second wave. And because they communicated that to me, I thought, all right, no problem. And generally, I'm like that. You know, if we're like sitting at a restaurant and the waiters looks absolutely slammed and they apologize, and they bring me my drinks like 15 minutes after we order... Um, but they look really busy and they're sorry about it. And I'm I'm a very forgiving person as far as getting service or just working with other people in general, right? As long as it's somehow communicated to me, then ultimately I don't really care. Um, but I went on their Facebook page and I caught them in mid-October selling the product I ordered at twice markup, which didn't look good at all. Uh, I have messaged them for three or four days with no response. And I messaged them on literally every platform. For those of you who have listened to me for a while, I've complained um, before about a viewer who wanted to cancel their Stell Shampoo Twitch subscription. So they decided to DM me on Instagram. And I am very inactive on Instagram. I didn't see it until six months later. And he accused me of stealing his money. First off, bud, you got to talk to Twitch. I, I'm not here just taking five dollars a month from you because i'm a terrible person and also why didn't you reach out to me in my discord i actually discord didn't exist back then i think but twitter dms or nowadays in the year 2020 just go into my discord and say something so uh that was not a very intelligent move on his part but i had to go as far to dm their dis their their instagram rather they don't have a discord i dm their instagram called them sent emails to two different email accounts I was literally borderline about to send someone that I know who lives in the area to that card shop. They were just not answering my questions. So long story short, I was being a real Karen. And this is the first time ever that I've actually filed a Better Business Bureau report. Uh, And so when I threatened them to do that and they got the notification that I did do that, they finally started responding. Um, But also, I think one of the worst things about this whole transaction is while I was on Instagram trying to get their attention, I was watching their Instagram stories and they held a 50, I I literally counted 50 person indoor Yu-Gi-Oh event in a card shop. 
there are people sitting across from each other, uh, shoulder to shoulder, basically, because when you're sitting at a card shop, imagine like a long table, like you're at a feast, and everyone's shoulder to shoulder playing cards with each other. Uh, and it does not look safe at all. I put a screenshot up on my Twitter at twitter.com shampoo, where you can see if you look right in the middle of all the tables, there's a guy who either has his mask off or it's around his chin, and he's coughing into his arm. And so I bring this up. First off, not only did I report them to Better Business Bureau, but I also reported them to their county health department. Uh, I brought this up and said, hey, why are you guys holding these kinds of events? Also, um, you're not responding to my inquiries, but clearly someone's in the shop because you have 50 people in there playing Yu-Gi-Oh! right now. And they straight up lied to me and told me that their county is open. Um, I learned, I didn't know this before, California counties are rated by color. I think it's like yellow, orange, red, purple. As far as how bad... We don't have a green. That's how bad we're doing in California. No one's in the green. Um, and their county was rated purple. I think there was eight... Every eight in uh, 100,000 people has the Rona. It's classified as widespread. And retail there was supposed to be open at 25% capacity tops. That card shop looked like it was nearing 100% capacity. I mean, I gave them credit where credit's due. They did close the bathroom. There's a sign on there that I presume said bathroom access not available or something like that. Um, but we talked last week, or, well, the Earl Access podcast is Tuesdays at 8 p.m. PDT, PST. We're in PST now on twitch.tv. We talked two weeks ago, because the podcast every other week now, about how Kuehler and I felt, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say unsafe, but we were being real cautious, right? When we went out to go to the arcade that was literally outdoors and everyone was wearing masks and they limited the number of people who were allowed there. But uh, this... This card shop is literally operating at full capacity. And it's really worrisome because they're they're a couple hours away from me. So it's not like any of my friends went to get infected. But this is still my local community. And a lot of us have been staying indoors and not going out. Not coughing on each other's faces. And it's being completely ruined by the fact that people need to think they, have, they can have these indoor gatherings face-to-face with 50 people all scrunched up next to each other. Um, and so when I brought that up to the card shop, they straight up lied to my face and said that the county was open. And I, I honestly would have respected it more if they had just looked me in the eye. I mean, this is over Facebook Messenger, but if they hypothetically looked me in the eye and said, we don't give a fuck, like, it's times have been hard, we need people in our shop, we got to make some revenue, I would have respected that answer more than them just straight up lying to me. Because it took a five-second Google search to look up the guidelines in their county, which are 25% capacity for retail tops. And uh, so here we are. It is November. It is coming up on mid-November, and we are still locked down, and we are reaching the absolute height of the Rona right now. Anyway, to to make the whole thing, uh, to bring it back, I, I did ask for my cards, and after threatening the Better Business Bureau, they gave me a tracking number, and they said, yeah, our goods were picked up Friday. And only on Tuesday did it say that the USPS actually got the cards in the mail. And uh, it, it's honestly not even about the money. And it's not about it's not about the cards. I, I ultimately, like, yeah, I do really like playing Pokemon cards. But it's really, first off, I don't want to refund my order. Because what they're going to do is just keep those boxes of cards and then resell them at twice the price. I, I So I pre-ordered them at retail price. Everyone found out that then there were going to be two highly sought after Charizards in that set. And after that information came out, the price of packs exploded. 
um, alongside people like I think it was was it Jake Paul, Logan Paul, one of them, Logic, uh, a bunch of people are opening up Critical on on YouTube, Moist Critical. Um, a bunch of celebrities are cracking open Pokemon cards. I don't know for the nostalgia or or um, maybe they just have nothing better to do in quarantine. I mean, it's a fun hobby, absolutely. But basically, cards are exploding in price. So I, I bought it at a at a cheap price, and now that they're expensive because everyone's figured out how valuable they are. I don't want to ask for a refund because I'm not going to be able to buy it at that price again. And that's just going to reward the card shop for being, you know, quite frankly, scumbags. And they're just going to resell it at twice the price and then give me my money back. So they're just going to overall win and get me off their ass. And so, uh, yeah, don't be a dick because uh, otherwise I, I was literally ready to uh, call up a lawyer on this. Like if it was going to cost me a couple hundred dollars, to uh to get these guys in trouble, then I absolutely would have done it. I don't know. If I, a, I, I, a few hundred might be a lawyer cost. No, I, so I was actually talking to Leo about maybe. this. Um, you can. Uh, I, oh. I, so I'm not talking like I'm not calling a firm or anything like that. You can call someone who's right. trying to like okay, that's fair. Who's trying to pad their uh, like lawyer resume or whatever, pad the number of cases that they mm -hmm. have handled. And it's a relatively easy case. Like I got the screenshots. I have the call logs. All that stuff. Um, and you hand it over to them. Maybe I'm completely ignorant, but I talked to Leo about this, who has dealt with lawyers before. And so if you actually, like, you know, find someone who will do it, um, it's a relatively simple case, and then just, you know, pay them for that so they can pad their lawyer resume and maybe eventually get into a firm or something like that. They can be pretty cheap. And I mean, ultimately, it's still money. Like, I would have lost a couple hundred dollars. But yeah. just to just to really drive home that you can't, you can't be doing business like this. I've I've talked before about card shops right like cards so no one gets into the card shop business to become rich right you're you're not going to come out unless you're you know really moving product a local card shop is really going to stay afloat and then make some pocket money but i don't see anyone becoming a millionaire off something like this right and i i find like if yeah. i go to a restaurant right we, let's say we go to taishokin which is one of my favorite ramen restaurants right the, the chef and the quality of the food there and the atmosphere, I feel like that is all adding to the experience and adding to the... It's expensive, quite frankly, to go out and get ramen. It, it also feels expensive. We were even comparing them. Yeah. Like, Taishokin is where I go when I kind of want the perfect ramen, and the whole environment feels like the perfect ramen. They have, like, fake flames yeah. in the background and, like, this wonderful polished wood. And meanwhile, like, the one we went to in, in Oita is not... I don't. I didn't like it as much as Taishokin's, but the atmosphere there was very different, and I specifically wanted that for the not fancy atmosphere. The the salary men drinking beer yep. and coming in after work and things like that. That's a different mood, but it's it's equally a mood. I, I, I'm, but definitely Taishokin's is the high class not, version of that. Not mood. exaggerating. I think it was. Uh, let me know if you agree. I think it was like eighty degrees in there, mid eighties. In that in that restaurant, it was it, it was, was stuff. I I don't I don't know the temperature, but it was stuffy. There was no airflow. In fact, it would. I really hope it's not open when the virus first hit. But there was very definitively no airflow, and all of the heat from the kitchen was easily just pouring out into the yep. main room. This was a super authentic so was, uh, ramen restaurant in Japan. Like not not a name brand or anything like that. Everyone was sweating bullets, including me. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think any of the waiters spoke English because why would an American come to this random, uh, like ramen restaurant out in like, not even in the main part of Oita, which is a big city in southern Japan, in the Kyushu Prefecture, um, but it was a very it was very authentic at the very least, right? So I feel like when we go to a restaurant like that, 
they're providing you a service and a good and an atmosphere that's unique to them, right? You can get Pokemon cards mm-hmm. from anywhere. And I, I, I realize that there's a lot to do yeah. with distribution and supply chains and getting things from people and storage and workers and staffing and all that stuff. And yeah, card shops, they, they do have upkeep. They need some kind of money to survive, right? And so I could totally understand that. But you you need to provide something, I feel, to to get to get my money, basically. Uh what it is is people always say support local cards, support local businesses, but I am I'm supportive of local businesses if if they're good. You know, it's kinda like the small Twitch streamer mentality. Oh, support small Twitch streamer. No, no, support a Twitch streamer if they're good. Support them if they're supplying some kind of content or uh, giving you some advice or the gameplay is incredible or something that gives you as a viewer value because there's so many of us, why wouldn't you go somewhere else? <clears throat> Same thing with card shops, right? Anyone, anyone can sell Pokemon cards. There are literally people who go wipe out Walmarts. This happened recently. People are wiping out Walmarts and reselling. <clears throat> excuse me. They're wiping out Walmarts and selling boxes of cards. And so you have to you have to supply some kind of Something on top of that, right? At the ramen restaurant, it's the atmosphere or the food or the, the the chef's ability, all that kind of stuff. At a card shop, if you're just giving me cards, then then why do I care to come back and support your store, right? Why don't I just order online where it's cheaper, right? It needs to be like a place to play or maybe there's an experienced player there who teaches people or maybe the staff is super friendly and useful and can really help you out on what to buy, right? And so... I feel like when you're running a small business or running a specialty business, you got to have something over Target or Walmart because why don't I just go to Target and buy cards there instead of uh, your little card shop. On top of that, right, when you have like little shady card shops like this, like Target is not going to be shady. Well, I mean, I know Walmart's, a, yeah, they treat their workers like shit and they try to keep people under 40 hours so that they don't have to pay full benefits. Yeah, Walmart is shady in that aspect. But if I go to Walmart, to buy a carton of milk, I'm getting a carton of milk, right? When I go to a small business and I try to deal with them, I, I this isn't the first time I've dealt with a shady or or bad small business, right? This is uh this is a risk that I take when I could just go to Target and you know be in and out with what I want immediately. So it's it's a real uphill battle for small businesses. I feel for them especially right now because the Rona's going around, and people aren't going in, and I understand that it's hard and People are selling cards at markup because they got to make up the lost value um, and they got to pay their employees and keep the lights open. But also when when card shops act like this, it makes it hard for me to support people. This is actually, it's not just me. I found a bunch of other people um, commenting on how they haven't gotten their goods yet. And the only way that they were communicating, that they were sending out um, the Pokemon cards that everyone had pre-ordered this last summer was they posted on Facebook a picture of a white piece of paper and people's names written down on it. I expect some kind of email. Like, you have my email. I checked out using your online store. Some kind of email or a call. You have my phone number also. But it was literally on a Pokemon Facebook group that they had posted. this. They didn't even tag me. I was just randomly scrolling by trying to buy someone else's cards. And uh, it, was just, it was just a really shitty experience. And it just makes it... Less, it makes me less willing to work with small businesses that I haven't worked with before. Like there are some that are absolutely fantastic, but uh, there are some that are just absolutely trash. So that's my little rant on small businesses and, and my takeaway. But I, I will literally call. It, it's actually not that hard to file a Better Business Bureau report 
actually you get the receipts you get screenshots of all your texts you clearly describe what happened and when it happened and it's not actually that difficult so next time you want to be a karen and someone doesn't call you back about your order when you call five days in a row then uh file a better business bureau report because it's actually not even that difficult if you're an american i don't know how this works uh in other parts of the country speaking of actually being a karen i want to i want to talk about something that literally happened um about an hour ago actually no let me let me scoot back so oh really let me oh, let me let me scoot okay. back so i when i'm working with retail workers and like just people in general i, I think i'm particularly good at um at apologizing for my mistakes so the best example was I was on the Twitch front page like a couple weeks ago and Twitch Studios sent me a bunch of equipment. After that event, I had to mail the equipment back. So they got me a prepaid shipping label and my instructions were to stick it on this suitcase that quite honestly looked like it had a bomb in, on the inside of it. It was really a black suitcase with like these really fancy locks on it. Um, but they told me just tape it on the suitcase, bring it to the post office and send it out. Um, I did not know that it was a little postage stamp for ups and not the post office so i took it to the post office it was super busy it was really crowded i think this was literally like a couple days before the election so people are coming by maybe dropping off election mail or i don't know trying to mail things out and so when i got up to the lady and i handed her the package she looked and said sir this isn't for the post office this is for the ups store and i think i literally said god i'm a fucking dumbass i am so sorry no i, I said something like um I'm so sorry. This is such a dumb mistake. I apologize. Sorry for taking up your time. And I picked it up and I took it to the correct store and I mailed it out. It's my fault. It's honestly my fault for not having read the label. Um, and then like figured out where I had to drop it off, right? So about one hour ago, I'm at the taqueria uh, trying to get myself a super burrito. Um, again, going back to the fact that Kuehler and I eat way too much and um, I could have had two of those things, but I only had one. And so I'm at the taqueria waiting for my super burrito. And this white guy goes up to the counter and I got nothing better to do. So, and it's totally quiet and I don't want to touch my phone. Um, so we're sitting there in the taqueria and he comes up and he says, Hey, this is my order. Shows it up on his phone. And, and the lady's like, what's your name? And he's like, Mark, I don't remember what it was. And she's like, Oh, we don't have an order from Mark. Do you remember your order number? He's like, no, 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 I don't look. I'm really on a, I'm really on a time limit here. Can you get me my order? And so she's like, oh, okay, so what did you order? It's probably done by now because, um, you know, he ordered like 20 minutes ago and he listed out some things and she's like, we don't serve that here, sir. And uh, he's like, what? And he's like, I called you guys. And he brings up his call log and shows it to the nice Mexican lady. And she said, sir, this is the wrong taqueria. <laughs> and the guy literally <laughs> just puts his phone back in his pocket, turns around and walks away. And he wasn't, like, disrespectful about it. He wasn't like, oh, fuck you guys, make my order or anything like that. But he literally didn't even apologize. I felt like a fucking dumbass when I went to the post office with a UPS package. And I, and I apologized to the lady. That guy literally just turns around, walks out. And it's not it's not her fault that you are on a time limit and you got to pick up your food quickly, bro. You you literally showed up to the wrong taqueria, first of all. But also, if it wasn't ready, it, you, you got to be patient, Right. People are understaffed right now at restaurants. People are... And the way he said it to her just kind of rubbed me in the wrong way. But people are understaffed. People are, uh, you know, business trying to keep themselves afloat. And it, she's not the chef. She's literally the cashier here to, you know, swipe your card so you can be on your way. And the the fact that the dude didn't even apologize kind of... I don't know. Maybe I'm being too... Uh, he didn't say anything bad. He was like, hey, fuck you for not having made my order. Like He didn't go off on her. He literally just turned around and walked off but we were talking about this 
in like a work call when um we're all talking about the things that we hate uh and someone brought up the fact that like they they pre-bust their table you know when you like go to a restaurant and actually like pile up all your dishes and like wipe down the table and make it not look like an absolute like mess by the time the waiter or the bus boy comes by to clean things up and so like I feel, I feel like especially right now we need to be treating people i feel like i'm really preaching to the choir we need to be treating people who are working out in public with an extra level of respect um and not not you know be a little short with them he, he wasn't yelling at her but he was being a little disrespectful and uh don't be short with people if you show up to literally the wrong time i mean to be fair there are a lot of taquerias right here, right it's california but anyway, that bugged me anyway i also heard as i was uh preparing for the podcast i was listening to the news and dr fauci came on and said that it was as soon as december vaccines to go out to high risk slash you know people who are exposed hospital workers and all that as early as december and the cdc also now this is something that i'm kind of like fucking duh but the cdc said originally we thought that you wearing a mask protects me and me wearing a mask protects you we have found and come to the conclusion that you wearing a mask also protects you and me wearing a mask protects me from you which i found to be such a such a dumb like duh bro i think right because if i'm not as easily breathing in keeler spit in the car i heard i heard that but i also heard it does like the main idea is still it doesn't let you breathe out much air yeah but like obviously it does prevent you from breathing some stuff in but it's not like full proof i guess basically the cdc I don't know. I guess it's it's still it still helps them both to some degree. They, they came out today and basically said what I have thought the whole time that I mean if if you're not wearing a mask and I'm wearing a mask then at least I'm not 100% safe, but I'm feeling a little bit better, right? I I guess one of the problems and one of the just the devil's advocate myself a little bit. I think one of the issues with people being so distrustful of masks, not to excuse it, is at the beginning, they said, don't wear masks. We need to say PPE for hospital workers and all that stuff. Don't go out and panic buy masks like you were panic buying toilet paper. And then it's moved to, yeah, wear the mask because it protects everyone. And so people can be a little bit distrustful uh, of that. Of course, the counter to yeah, the that counter was, exists. I still think that was maybe like, if we go back and like, you know... 50 years from now when they're asking people like what was it like being in the in the covid year or something i and if i ever get asked that question i'll be like one of the biggest mistakes and i hope it's remembered for like the rest of time was the cdc saying don't buy masks back in march of course like the the counter to the counter i think is when you say something and then you get updated information you can say the new thing you know like there is that but like other countries i don't think we're necessarily doing that it was really just ours that was actually saying don't buy them and now they're saying don't buy them because we don't want them to run out for the the nurses that need them yeah. but they didn't really put that point forward they just said don't buy them that, that was the thing that kind of got messed up instead of like trying to say like don't buy these because we need this for other people they were trying to just say they're not helpful yeah so that people don't buy them anyways because if you said like if you said they're super helpful but we need them for these people and not you that might have incentivized people to buy them but by saying they're not helpful, now a bunch of people thought, oh, it's not helpful. And it helped spread the thing pretty early. Yeah, and so 
they went from it's not helpful to it's helpful to protect other people to now it's helpful to protect you and to protect other people. I think one one thing as Americans right. we really care about is ourselves, you know, individualism and all that. Yeah. So I think if the messaging had started out with wear a mask, it'll protect your ass, and I'm like, well, I want to watch my own ass. And so everyone starts wearing a mask. That, that might have been one thing that, like, especially the president, given their, like, leadership and, and association of people, could have done more to do. If I guess if he believed in it himself. You know, like, sell, like, campaign branded masks like everyone else is yeah. doing. Like, talk, like, you know, just be like, you know, the media doesn't want to know that this mask will help you or something. And then, obviously, everyone's going to be like, well, I'm going to buy it because the, <laughs> I want to stick and own the lives by wearing a mask or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, there could have been a marketing push there if he believed it, I guess. He didn't, really. But, like, if he was for it, you probably could have still convinced his base to do it with marketing and Americanisms and ways to do it. But it didn't. And now we're still here. And I don't know. I have no idea what the plans for the next president will be but if he's even remotely better at you know helping us get out of here maybe we'll that'll be a benefit to this podcast too the, this podcast went bi-weekly because there was no news we don't go anywhere we can't make news so, so i want to take back what i said earlier um earlier i said fuck this card shop i don't know if i said it but i heavily implied it i want to add more okay. people to the people i want to fuck uh list so first off fuck that card shop People you want to yes, fuck. People who I want to give a fuck you to. I think is a better way to phrase it. Give a give a fuck. Uh, th- th- yeah, those definitely. are two very and opposite lists, actually. <laughs> Indeed, the English language is very strange. The people right? I, in that I'm going to be straight up. The people I want to fuck are not Yu-Gi-Oh players. Sweaty, fat Yu-Gi-Oh players in a cart. Not all of them are fat, but all right. So I want to deliver a fuck you to that card shop. I want to deliver a fuck you to the 50 Yu-Gi-Oh players who went to play in that card shop. I want to deliver the f- a fuck you. To the branches of government who didn't provide support to places like that car shop and small businesses so they didn't feel the need to have been open now i can't say whether or not capitalistic greed would have kept them open anyway because there was an opportunity to have an event maybe if they were well off they would have held that event on anyway um but my first two fuck yous want to go to the business and i forgot to give a fuck you to the people who decided to show up to that event because the pokemon community and i don't mean to make this a Yu-Gi-Oh versus pokemon thing but I can speak for the Pokemon players around me because you're going friends- to end up like walking into some really unknown like community battle that you've never known before. Yeah, right. Uh, th- I know for a fact the Pokemon players around me, my friends, have not been going out and playing at events. Uh, now, Yu-Gi-Oh is controlled by Konami. So, and, and if I know one thing about Konami, it's that they don't give a fuck about the U.S. Japan no, is they definitely- Japan is Japan. Their rhythm games stay in the Japanese market. They don't care about Americans. We don't care about arcades here. I'm, I'm talking we is not a me, but just the market in general. And, you're, you're an exception. And so There's only a few of us out Yeah, there. Pokemon is a global franchise, of course. Like I always say, the biggest multimedia franchise in the history of all humanity. It's making so much more money than Star Wars, Hello Kitty, uh, SpongeBob, literally anything else you can think of. And so Pokemon has banned official events just across the board you're not allowed to go to a, a pokemon sanctioned event in any country anywhere i don't know if that's the same with Yu-Gi-Oh. maybe it's banned in america and, and what konami has done um but I, so i don't know if that event they were holding was an official Yu-Gi-Oh event or just like a hangout kind of like store sponsored event um but regardless i do want to to the players who uh who went out to that event guys come on bro like 
there's so many different ways you can you can be playing online Yu-Gi-Oh. You can even do what some players do is they like post up a webcam and then put it over a table and then you play over a webcam. It's not the same, right? You can't really see your opponent's face and like it's not as tactile. I mean, none none of it is the same in general. We're all suffering a bit here. Yeah. For all this. Like, so we have all all of my players a couple hours away staying indoors and not seeing each other. And then you have this group of absolute boneheads going out and coughing on each other's cars. It's just it's ultimately very frustrating, <laughs> right? I feel like I'm at I'm at that point where uh, now this is not what I believe, but it's a thought that's crossed my mind. If if everyone else doesn't care, then why should I care? Now, obviously, I still do care because I don't want permanent respiratory damage. I use my voice very often. It's kind of a kind of one of my favorite traits about myself, and so I don't want to be sick in bed for any amount of time, right? But it it just seems like oh, everyone else is going out and having fun, and people are going out and eating at restaurants indoors and well it is coming it is coming back to us so san francisco just today has now closed indoor dining entirely remember you were complaining about that you're like oh well 75 percent is just like a wednesday afternoon right like there it's still dangerous and go figure like cases went like super high in the past few weeks and now they closed down again so you're telling me two weeks ago i said that opening up restaurants wasn't a good idea. My dumbass, Nikki from Stell Shampoo, absolutely no, no viral virology, no no epi- ep- epidemi- no medical experience whatsoever. I don't even know the word. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even pronounce I, epidemiology. I have no epidemiology experience whatsoever. Apparently, is supposed to be good at speaking, but can't even say words correctly. And I, I think two weeks ago that that was a bad idea. Did people go out and do it? That that's also what blows my mind, right? That you're allowed to do it, but why yes. would you do it? Right? You're allowed to go. Yeah, there's the a bed. lot of things I'm allowed to do, but I don't want to. You you are technically allowed right now to go under your kitchen sink and drink some bleach right now. There's nothing stopping you aside from, you know, anyone who catches you. Oh doing yeah, it. definitely. But I wouldn't. The appeal is strong. Let me tell yeah, you. But, right, but I'm still I here. Don't recommend it. Actually, if you had to drink a um. Uh, liquid that would kill you. I think it's antifreeze. Antifreeze is apparently delicious, or it used to be. And maybe there was laws passed that made it not delicious. Used to be. I, I have heard this on the internet. It must be true. If you have to drink a poisonous liquid to kill yourself, I think antifreeze literally tasted at some point like a blue raspberry Capri Sun or some shit. Like it was good. I, I'm one. I do wonder. Like, did it taste good, or does it just look like it tastes good? Because it really looks like it tastes yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is is both a a fault of maybe like you know having uh like pastel colors, which it normally sometimes is, and also the fact that like our fast food junk drinks, like sugary junk drinks, look radioactive all the time. Yo, I, that it makes us it makes us have an appeal to like Tide and bleach and antifreezes because they look like dangerous chemicals because. We drink stuff that looks like dangerous chemicals. Anytime I go to TwitchCon and like, there's people standing outside handing out like free bottles of Mountain Dew because they know their they know their market. Yeah. That I want to drink. If I'm gonna have Mountain Dew, first of all, that it's like what forty grams of sugar a bottle, just some absolutely absurd. If I'm gonna have Mountain Dew, I want the most poisonous, life shortening, <laughs> acidic Mountain Dew that you can get me. It like when when they have like those Mountain Dews that are like they're so blue that if you were to put your finger into it, you couldn't see your fingernail in the bottle yes like yes that, you could feel like the skin on your hand dissolving because it's so sugary that's the level of mountain dew i, I know drink. there's like a 
there's a there's like a the common one is the Fanta. If you go to Europe, the Fanta it looks more like an orange drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have firsthand experience. Like it's 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 yeah yeah, and you drink it and it tastes like an orange drink too. But what's funny is that the the wrapper of the Fanta is still like the bright orange color. Yeah. So like it's different. Like the wrapper's a different color than the actual drink. And so I always tell the Europeans when I'm there, I'm like, what well, in the U.S. the drink is the same color as the wrapper. <laughs> It is. The wrapper is actually clear. <laughs> the drink <laughs> makes the color shine through the wrapper. And like, I show them a phone. They're like, is that radioactive? I'm like, you know, I have no idea. Who knows American regulations? It's good as hell, though. I'm not a scientist. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's diabetes-inducing. I'm not a scientist, but I have taste buds. It is, uh, yeah, it is absolutely delicious, uh, all things considered. But actually, ever since I started, uh, it was like during The Last of Us. It was really like 2014. I think I did this thing called the Joe Lozon Challenge, was drink a bottle of water, or no, drink a gallon of water every day for a month. Yes, something like that. And it's a lot of water. The, I was taking a piss so often. And the, I don't even think most days I was able to drink a full gallon of water. Joe Lozon, by the way, is a UFC fighter. I don't watch UFC. Don't ask me anything about it. But I liked the challenge. And so I would drink like Capri Sun and Sprite and like all kinds of sugary stuff all the time. And the thing is, if you drink a gallon of water a day, even if you don't get there, I think maybe not even like 15 out of 30 days, I actually drank a full gallon of water. But if you make an attempt to do so, you don't want to drink anything else. And so to this day, I can't, I can't like have to, I mean, I could, if you really like, Nikki, here's $50, drink these two cans of soda, I totally could. But I don't want to. Oh, yeah, easily. I don't want to is the problem. Like most of the time when I have soda it's with some kind of alcohol because i hate straight anyone who likes straight alcohol uh there's something wrong with your taste buds it it is i don't like it but that's about the only time i really do have any kind of soda. i like sake straight up oh yeah yeah, yeah. well it's not even that alcoholic right sake is not that alcoholic no but it's definitely yeah it's not flavored or something like i take soja by itself too oh yeah yeah yeah, same uh I forgot what I was originally talking about. Why did why were we talking about the radioactivity drinks. of Fanta? Radioactive drinks, because we're talking about drink and antifreeze. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, the whole point is, if you're going to kill yourself by drinking... This is why. I, at the start of the show, I was like, I don't know why Spotify takes half of my episodes off of their platform. <laughs> and now I'm saying, if you want to kill yourself deliciously, drink antifreeze. It's... Faster than getting diabetes. Do not kill yourself, though. But I, we should put that disclaimer, I guess, so we don't get taken off. Do not, un, like, legit. Like, if if you want to just try antifreeze, don't do that. If you generally just want some method of death, please go see someone else. That's a much darker subject. But like, also, just don't don't test this theory either. I, I, well, someone else has tested whether or not it's delicious. I'm sure someone if someone with quick Google yeah, l- it out. trust their word for it. Just trust their I'm word. Saying. All right, like if they're completely if they're lying through their teeth, let them be the one to do so. You don't have to verify this. Not everything needs to be verified no, no. in this world. I need to prove Nikki wrong so badly that I'm saying if you're in a scenario where the sun is expanding, I know it's not going to happen for like what millions of billions of years. I have no idea, but. Sun is expanding, but it's take a long time to get the here. The sun's gonna swallow Earth, Mars. It's gonna swallow Mars and cook half the Earth. Well, I guess it cooked the whole Earth because it keeps spinning, right? If 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 it, if it gets to Mars, it's gotten to the Earth. Yeah. Well, anyway, the sun's about to melt the Earth. Jesus himself calls me and be like, "Nikki, you either take the easy way out, or you're literally burning alive, and it'll be it'll be terrible, and you'll hate it." I'm like, "Well, I'm drinking some antifreeze." I no, that might actually not be that great of a way out either. I think that 
You get some stomach aches. I really don't like stomach aches. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay, well, actually, I've, I've debunked my own argument. There's no reason to drink antifreeze, even if Jesus calls you up. Just don't, don't drink, don't drink antifreeze. Don't drink any. I'm gonna, I, I gotta check it. If you're gonna drink a radio, if you're gonna drink a radioactive chemical, make sure it's available at the Safeway, like in a in a sellable bottle. Oh, I found it. Ethylene glycol is the ingredient that makes antifreeze tasty. <laughs> what is the tasty part, though? Does it what? Um. Like, like tasty as in, is it, I assume it's sugary, because I feel so this like... this from Slate. Um, it is syrupy, um, though colorless syrupy, and odorless, yeah, okay. the syrupy alcohol derivative, which is excellent at freezing the lower points of vital engine fluids, has a sweet taste that jibes well with soda, juice, and other sugary beverages. They're, they're telling... Okay, so you think I'm crazy. Okay, they're, they're doing a worse <laughs> job. They're doing a worse job. They're making it appealing. Now I'm interested in an antifreeze vodka or something. All right, this is even worse from Quora. If it's ethylene glycol, oh, no. it has a Swedish taste. There is no problem tasting a small quantity on the end of your finger. <laughs> I got to expand this. Wow, we're learning so much about cars today. Um, in fact, this is the way a mechanic could tell if your car had antifreeze in the cooler. Wait a minute, are you fucking kidding me? Are mechanics <laughs> that well-educated, but also that careful that... In order to tell whether or not your car had antifreeze in the cooling system, they taste their finger. They don't, like, try to mix that chemical with something else to see if it reacts. To co- they, they taste it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, I'm, I'm be honest. I know this, like, when you're in a profession for long enough, your, like, sense of care with it tends to go down. That is true. Like, like if, I, if I'm using an electronic or something, my mother will, like touch it with her like fingernails she'll like she doesn't want to even approach the thing she's like afraid of it and then meanwhile one time i was like this like i'm like is this thing working i touch the cpu it burns my finger i have a boil on i was like yep that's pretty that's definitely not working properly uh my my favorite (laughs) example of this is i forget what the show is called like 100 ways to die or something like that um i don't know if this guy (laughs) was dumb or if he was just being less and less careful but uh if you've never seen what is effectively the thing that people throw logs into to like make the logs into small? Yes, the wood, wood chipper. chipper. That's literally what I'm looking for. Jesus, I'm a professional wood speaker. What you could toss <laughs> anything into a wood chipper and it doesn't give a fuck. So this guy that got a true. log stuck in his wood chipper and he like drop kicked it and it worked. Oh, he no. got the log through, but it worked really well and it just took the whole dude with him. And uh, I think that's my favorite example of not being careful on the job after having uh, been been very careful before. Yeah, you think. Although, to be fair, I don't think no amount of professionalism would ever make me be careless around a wood chipper. Drop kick the log that is in the wood chipper while the wood chipper is on. <laughs> like, Yeah, while it is on is a different story. Like, turn it off and, like, you know, shake it like a printer, you know? <laughs> like, but not while the thing is rolling. Or at the very least, maybe hit the log with another log. I don't know. That that might have been the preferred solution. Maybe he was on his very last log. Okay, we're we're deep into the early X podcast. I haven't talked about a video game yet. We're we're in the we're in the drinking chemicals part. <laughs> so let's move on to something else. Wait, what have I done so far? I have cussed out a card shop, told fifty Yu-Gi-Oh players to go fuck themselves, and told you the antifreeze is delicious. Unbelievable. 40, 40 minutes of just straight <laughs> knowledge. All right, I'm gonna talk. I'm actually talking about video games at some point because that's originally why okay, let's finish let's let's close it off because we're going to play games we are this. going to go play black ops 4 cold war comes out later this week i'm excited but um i one of the things i really don't miss about streaming 
is having people tell you what to play. So um, I'm actually working with a writer right now as part of my actual like day job. And we're writing about things like, um, you know, how to stream, um, how to interact with other people, like how to do collaborations, um, some textile, lots of different things. And I've, I've been elected as the lead editor. I don't know if that was a good idea or not, but we're going to see as, uh, as the future unfolds. I mean, I did go to class for broadcast journalism, so I, I can't be that terrible of a writer. But one of the things that I've been thinking about lately is I think one of the number one things that I don't miss about streaming professionally and one of the upsides um, to how I stream now is the thing I really don't miss is being locked down to a game. I think it is one of Twitch's best kept secrets that people play games not because of it's what they enjoy, but it's because what gets them viewership. And they always say, like, oh, play what you like, have fun. People watch if you're having fun. I, I can tell you from personal experience, that is just categorically false. That is purely just something people spout out of their mouths to make you feel good. Uh, people were very happy watching me play The Last of Us and just just being angry. The entire time. It didn't matter if we had a perfect game and I got 24 kills and the other team got zero. If if we, will, if we won, if we lost, if I was doing a silly challenge, if I beat a good team, if I beat a bad team, if we were playing my favorite game mode, my least favorite game mode, it truly didn't matter what combination of things we did at a certain point. I fucking hated it. Just, I was miserable. Right, Killer? I think it depends. I do think it depends on... Now, see, the word you used there was miserable. Miserable was not something I enjoyed watching because it actually wasn't entertaining. I agree. It was just... And that was towards the end of The Last of Us time because you're just... At, at some point, the anger went away and it was just like apathy. I think that was the real misery point when it's just like, all right, we played a game, next game, yep. and then there's no entertainment value. But I have to say, for things like PUBG was actually kind of entertaining because one, That's it's true. kind of like a like a roll the dice on like what broken thing will you encounter this time, right? Like you don't you don't it's it's almost like a I don't know it's it's like a weird like haunted house kind of situation. You don't know like which thing is gonna pop out at you. Like you jump in the water, you can't leave because there's a wall there, like an invisible that, wall from nowhere. I, I'm I'm naming things that happen definitely. Um, and then obviously, like, just, it's just kind of a, an insanity kind of situation. And that thing is definitely shows up in, there's people who play, like, bad games. It's like a category. I don't know if it's still as popular, but it used to be very popular on YouTube. Oh, what's that game? So, like, there's a difference. There's a game that, uh, <laughs> Ghetto Thunder JS, good friend of mine, played, where it had a fully clothed sex scene. It was, it was like a motorcycler game or something like that. I totally forgot. It was really old. Oh, I don't remember. I do not remember. Okay, well, I'm gonna Google fully... Well, Although speaking about rage, for example, things like getting over it for most people, not you. I love that game. The entertainment of that was watching people get angry and watching people break their soul from this game. Now, I actually I like watching you do it because you didn't get angry at all. I love but that game. It is to this day my phone wallpaper. Game. I am trying to find it. Um, I'm looking at Games Radar's worst sex scenes in gaming, and they don't have it. I'd recognize it immediately. Oh, maybe I'll figure it out eventually. Anyway, so that's an extreme example, right? Me absolutely hating playing The Last of Us is an extreme example, right? They're they're yeah. more uh, I don't know lukewarm. There's they're more uh, not as horrific examples of people just not enjoying that game, but playing a game for viewership. For for example, a very well known tactic 
play the game you're known for and then switch over to another game, whether it be a game that is sponsored yes. or a game that you want to play. That is compromising your enjoyment of your gaming time, right? If you were if you weren't being watched at all and you were just sitting down, I'm gonna play a video game, you wouldn't have started by playing that game, right? That is a compromise that is being made. And that I think is Twitch's best kept secret. We streamers are constantly making compromises. I think this is a better way to phrase it. To their enjoyment of gaming for the sake of their audience. Another great example. If, say for example, I'm pushing for partnership. Now, I got partnered a very long time ago, but um, I've heard this story from so many different angles. Insert whatever game you want. Let's say I am a professional Smash player and I am pushing for partnership. And so um, I get 500 viewers playing Smash Ultimate. But I'm also a big fan of, I don't know, uh, I'm going to pick a game that's not even that related, but it's still popular, GTA Five role-playing, right? Now, those are two very different things. They're both popular, but... Um, one's a fighting game and one's like a comedy kind of like role-playing kind of thing and the, the communities might not overlap. Open world, yeah. absurd game, yeah. I'm going as far to say like GTA role-playing, like that niche although it's not that niche. Specifically doing yeah. that, yeah. I mean, you could say like armor role-playing, it's even more niche. Oh, well, I don't even know if people still do that. But anyway, point is... People did it at one point, you know, just saying that. Um, if I were pushing for partnership, I would exclusively for two months or so play only smash because what that would do enter tournaments whatever uh, twitch would see my viewership numbers up and up and up and they'd see that i'm on a study steady upstream i got good income i got good subscribers good concurrent viewer count they're more likely to partner me than if i weaved a gta 5 role play somewhere into that equation right once you get partnered they never take away your partnership i mean i've spoken last <laughs> i think we spoke uh, i was the last episode or whatever uh, i keep saying last week but it, it's every other week uh Last episodes. I think I literally yeah. spoke about the inactive partner list, but yeah, <laughs> they don't unpartner you ever. So as soon as you get partnered, you could shoot yourself in the foot, lower that view count, go play GTA 5 RP. Like it's totally fine. Um, people are constantly trying to also figure out how to transition from game to game, right? That's that's a big portion of if you're uh, a kind of special, yeah. if you're known for something, right? Or if you're a variety streamer and just something sticks, better than other games how do you introduce this other game that you do want to play and there's very 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 few people who are successfully doing true variety stream i'm not saying variety streaming like oh yeah so i play PUBG, apex legends and i play wars and i was like bro those are all battle royales dude you're, you're no um true variety stream there are there are a couple people at the very top who people just watch them because they'll watch them. shroud's a great example of this shroud can play absolutely anything he wants and people are going to tune in just because he's reached that critical mass he has so many people watching him that someone's going to tune in for every single thing that he's going to play i think one of the things that we don't realize on twitch you know you you are not going to want to play if you love call of duty right now you are not going to want to play call of duty for three to five years exclusively right unless you're a pro player and you make an absolute bank off of it um, you're going to, at some point, want to stream something else. And so much, there are almost no exceptions, of Twitch viewership is tied to the game you're playing. I'm not speaking about my own experience. I'm, I'm also talking directly about a lot of my friends who I've seen rise and grow. There have been people who have really developed communities uh, on Twitch. Uh, one of my friends, Kevin was a big Pokemon Go streamer, very community-based, very uh, talkative on Discord and Twitter. 
um, very helpful to people. And as soon as he swapped games, just that viewership never came back. Uh, to use myself as an example, we had um, a very long time ago, back in The Last of Us, we had two viewers. Keeler, you probably still remember them. Uh, they were a couple who first watched me on their honeymoon, which is just an absolute honor. I cannot imagine myself spending any time at all on Twitch on my honeymoon unless I'm at the airport or something like that. There's <laughs> no reason for me to be on Twitch on my honeymoon, but they watched me on their honeymoon. And when they got back at home, they continued to watch and, and play games with me and um, were very active in the chat every day. The minute I swapped to Destiny after I was done with The Last of Us, I said, this is my last game of The Last of Us ever. I am done. I will never touch this game again. And I have it to this day. Gone. Along with many other subscribers. But um, ultimately, right, let's take this from a viewer perspective as well. Let's say that uh, Streamer A and Streamer B, right, are... are both streaming a game, right? Streamer A is streaming the game that you originally followed them for. And streamer B is streaming a game that you have no idea what it is. You've never seen it before, right? And all, all other things equal, follow count, normal concurrent viewership, all that stuff, right? I think 99 out of 100 times, you will go watch streamer A. Now, sometimes you might be like, oh, yeah, streamer B, I want to check out something new. Let's see what they're doing. Let's, let's toss them some, some support, right? But if you look at 100 viewers on Twitch... Who are making that choice to watch streamer A or streamer B. I think more often than not. They go to streamer A. Just just think about. How likely are you. To watch say a Call of Duty streamer. When they're streaming a game. Let's say you like Call of Duty. Or replace with any other franchise you like. How likely are you to watch them. If they're playing something that. You are not familiar with. And yeah if you're really really connected with that person. Maybe you're a moderator for them. You watch them for years. You'll watch them play anything. But the majority of a Twitch viewers aren't here for an audience aren't here to um make a connection to a community and find somewhere to lay down some roots come chat every day some people are certainly absolutely but most people on twitch are there to tune in check out a game tune out you know go over to the next guy um or just check out what a, what a game is like there are very few people on twitch who are, are out there and involved in a community relative to the entire twitch viewership base and i think that's one of the things that uh that i really don't miss to to roll back on what i was really talking about uh, one of the things i like now like i right now part just personally i'm playing the pokemon trading card game temtem uh i might actually hop back into pokemon sword and play the dlc beat saber population one and cold war uh, i'm gonna be playing cold war after it comes out this week those games just don't mash together at all and I'll have radically different viewership when I stream, say, for example, when I go on the Hagster TCG channel and I'm streaming a Pokemon tournament. I'll have radically different viewership than when I'm here playing Call of Duty and just sitting and chilling. The person has not changed. I regard myself as decent at both games, right? I think I'm a good Pokemon caster. I think I'm I'm not great at Beat Saber, but I'm definitely like up in the top percentage, right? I feel like... The quality of my content, I think my population one content, I'm actually going to go off and say, I think that is some of my best gameplay that I have done in a very long time. Like, I feel like my population one gameplay is is standout and, and head and shoulders. I think some of the some of the better content that I put out in my life, but it won't get as much viewership as, say, a Pokemon tournament, uh, a Pokemon trading card game tournament. Uh, Pokemon cards is still way bigger than population one. And it's just that... Viewerships aren't as liquid from category to category 
as people would originally let you out to believe. And I feel like had I known that going into Twitch, um, I would have strategized a little bit differently as far as how I would have approached viewer retention. Um, I came in kind of with the notion of, you know, oh, play whatever you want, have fun, do what you like. When in reality, I think the, the harsh reality, I think this is just a hard streamer pill to swallow. People aren't here for you. People aren't here for um, you, your your story, your personality. Some are, absolutely. But I think the majority of people are, are here for a game, uh, are here for watching uh, some kind of either to get some tips out of you, some tricks to check out a new game, to decide whether they want to buy it or not, or maybe have a laugh or two. Among Us, for example, is really big right now. If this weren't true, then the top games of Twitch wouldn't be killing it in viewership relative to things like, say, for example, Population 1, which at any given time is a couple hundred viewers, right? You look at League of Legends, and it has you know, hundreds of thousands of viewers. People are more willing to watch a game that they are familiar with than, say, Population 1. Population 1's cool, and I think there are a lot of people putting out some good gameplay, but people aren't going out and searching for that kind of content as much. If you look at it just more in, like, the VR space, Beat Saber and VR Chat, head and shoulders, more popular than Until You Fall or Onward or literally anything else, right? And I think it's because um, just people want to be familiar with and consume what they are familiar with. I mean, maybe even related to what you go out and order at a restaurant, right? Like, I I go out and I try a couple of things and maybe I swap between those three things, even though there's 20 things on the menu. Uh, just, it's just going to be like that. So that's one of the things I'm enjoying most about streaming as I've been doing it casually lately. Is it because my paycheck is no longer tied to it, I can... Just do whatever I want without having to care about uh, viewership because people do make compromises uh, to keep their viewership up, uh, viewership up in exchange for playing what they actually want to play. Um, and this is all, I'm again approaching it from the perspective of streaming professionally, right? If you want to dick around and, oh, I'm going to show this game off to my friends and I'm going to stream for this friend or I'm just going to do this once every two months. I I'm not talking to these kinds of people. I I'm talking more... For people who want to reach success in that the uh, goalposts of success are a good amount of viewership and a sustainable community and a reason for you to be doing this for multiple years at a time. Because, I mean, let's be honest, if you're pulling, you know, two viewers and you can't get above two viewers at any given point, then what is the point of, of being a Twitch streamer uh, for a long period of time? Like, you're just not going to do it. You're going to get bored and go do something else. There's an opportunity cost. You can always be doing something else. There's no reason to pursue streaming if there's something else you could be doing, learning an instrument or a new skill. Uh, so anyway, that's my, I think ultimately kind of pessimistic, but I, I think really realistic and grounded um, kind of, this is how it really is, uh, opinion on streaming and gaming as it has been lately as I uh, and Kuehler are going to go play Black Ops 4. And if you want to tune in, twitch.tv slash don't shampoo. All right. Check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts unless they remove the episode because we talked about antifreeze. <laughs> uh, for our lawyer's sake, at the end here, I will put a pin in it and say, uh, please do not drink antifreeze. There's no reason to do that. All right, thanks for watching the show. Wear your goddamn mask, even though I'm preaching to the choir. And Like I said in one of my Pop 1 videos, everyone who's wearing a mask is already wearing it. Everyone who isn't isn't going to put one on. Um, 
but yeah to the to the people who are going out and being dangerous right reason like not not you can go out and jog at the park i'm not being that insane but to the people who are uh, coughing on each other's faces and doing things that really aren't that essential in really heightened heightenedly dangerous situations uh go fall off a cliff go drink some antifreeze and uh to that card shop i hope you guys drink some antifreeze too all right so you guys think of still shampoo uh, the early X podcast is live on twitch.tv slash shampoo tuesdays at 8 p.m pst we'll see you some other time